Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding Peaks. I'm Jason Friesma, Chief Clinical Officer of Peaks Recovery. To my left, Chris Burns, President, Founder, and Motivational Specialist. Let's go. Grateful to be here. Yeah, grateful you're here. Thank you. To my right, Aaron Grenny, our Director of Admissions. Uh, Really excited to have you here today. Thank you. Um, We have talked about a lot of things uh, in the minutes (laughs) leading up to this show. Yes. what I would, the thing that I wanted to start maybe by asking you about is uh, why in the world do you want to be a director of admissions for rehab? That's mm. a great question. Um, so I think that admissions for me, and I'm, of course I'm biased, I say that all the time, but it's really an opportunity to connect directly with families, clients, different people involved at a point in time where it's so critical to make such an um, important connection and be supportive in any way that you can. Um, And then also there's the kind of direct result of seeing someone get into treatment Mm. and all that hope that we have for them in their journey. It's, I mean, it's incredible. So, yeah. And also, I love people too. So the directing piece. you do? I do. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. Um, So tell me about kind of, we were talking a little bit, but what is your philosophy of admissions, if you will? Yes. How do you view it? So for me, the most important piece about admissions is relationship building. And um, being in a, a position where we are supporting and um, you know, developing trust and walking through this path. And the end result is not entirely necessarily even that they come into peaks. It's just truly the benefit of helping, whether that's with us or somewhere else. Um, but building a relationship and being able to help in any way, shape, or form, whatever that looks like for that individual um, and their family. So, Yeah, I love that. I love what you have brought to the admissions team, the department, from a, like a cultural perspective. Because when, I, when I've been involved and, and had the opportunity to work with the admissions department and even bef- the admissions department before you took over, we really have this kind of like dire rock bottom approach to get people into care. And I've watched you come in and really create some trauma informed admissions processes, which just really like, I was talking about it with Tris a couple weeks ago, just yeah. the opportunity you give your team and your department and yourself uh, to hold space and to spend time. And to, to Madeline's point, which is like, listen first, solve later. It's mm-hmm. actually something that I've never seen in this field. Mm-hmm. Every admissions department I've had the opportunity to be around is kind of like sharks. They come yes. in and they're bottom feeders and they come in and promise yeah. you the world and give you nothing as a result. And you've really changed what I think is possible in an admissions department just through your presence and focus on being relational. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just actually been really, really cool to watch. And I had a lot of fear um, when we lost a couple of our admissions people. Right. They've been around yeah. for a long time, and I was like, holy crap, are we going to be able to do this? And actually, the compassionate mm-hmm. attention to this process creates more opportunity for vulnerable people to get in these beds, and um, I just couldn't be more proud. Thank you so yeah, much. For sure. I appreciate that. It's been really cool to watch. Yeah. 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 It, doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. And the fact that you guys no. like, sit on the phone with people that can't pay for treatment, I think is just so special. And when I say this is the best admissions department, like it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's a call center with more people, but certainly not the people that we have. Um, no. And it's just, it's really special. How do you, we get so many calls each month and you all are so busy. 
How do you feel so comfortable allowing your team and yourself included to spend so much time with people? I mean, where's the payoff there? Yes. Well, one of the, the really important pieces about that is we're relying on each other throughout this time as well. So that team mentality is something that, I mean, truly within the admissions team, I've, I've never seen individuals so um, motivated to support each other and people on the phone in, entirely. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll rely on each other and if someone has a longer call, we'll, we'll say to each other, hey, I'm on a long call, can somebody, you know, help out with this call or call someone I've been working with or whatever, and everyone is so willing to do that consistently um, that it's really incredible to watch and, and be a part of. But yeah, I'm, the, the compassion piece is something that you spoke to that I think is so critical that, I mean, at truly every call, like that's the motivating factor um, is just showing up and being compassionate. Because the thing about people calling, we know this, it is such a scary mm -hmm. and overwhelming and fearful and kind of unknown experience, whether you've called and been to treatment before or this is your first time kind of reaching out for help. It's, it's a really scary um, experience for a lot of people and a lot of families. And so whatever we can do to kind of nurture that and make you feel more comfortable and support you through that process, I mean, we'll do it because yeah. we know how scary it is. So, yeah. I love that. Well, I, think, I think I've watched um, other people approach admissions by taking the, the scary moment and then leveraging that fear and really fanning the flames of it mm. to try to create uh, action on somebody's part. Oh, that's horrible. It is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're going to die, it, you better it, go. Yeah. It, it There's is enough of that right. already. We don't know. Yeah. We don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you, or, or why do you have this approach? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think... So part of it comes from my own, of course, experience um, with recovery and, and going into treatment. And of course, I, I kind of use that experience as much as I can. Um, and you know, I think that what I've seen, um, because I have seen this other way as well, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, in a lot of ways, it does work for people. Um, but this approach just altogether is, is what supports everybody in its entirety. And the other thing, um, that I think that the admissions team does really well is that we're, and we've talked about this, we're setting the standard for the care that they will get at peaks. So we are wrapping around family systems and clients and educating and, you know, kind of guiding through um, because we need to set a tone for the incredible care that the entire team at peaks will give. So we need to set a good tone for that. Yeah. We need mm -hmm. to set that example from the second they call us. When I think, you know, having having sat on the clinical side for so long, and I, and I know I've shared a little bit of this with you, but I, I feel like a lot of times our clients start to get help before they walk in our door because they are talking to you and, and your team. And not only are you setting the tone, but like you're beginning the process, actually. Mm -hmm. um, rather than, because it, my experience, when people come into treatment scared yeah. or their family is scared, um, it, it takes a week, two weeks, three weeks yeah. to like, begin to unravel that and begin to work on repairing the relationship with the family or whatever. Whereas if, if admissions is kind of a relational process, I've watched it um, be a much smoother transition mm -hmm. into our care uh, and having that, uh, having that alignment. And I, and I do want to say too, um, I know your team cares a ton too, because like you know, they love to hear how clients are doing along yes. the way. And, and after and all that, so yes. I, I really appreciate that too, echoing what you said, Chris. Yeah, I mean, that's just a huge point to make, is like, 
for years we're dropping off scared kids and scared families into mm -hmm. treatment. And then we have to pick up those pieces and build trust right. for somebody who's in a tremendous amount of fear. And quite frankly, a lot of times is angry because the, the family system just went boom, get out and go and you have to or you're gone. Right. And so they've really leveraged that connection. And as I was saying in group, and, I, and Lisa Smith has said it in here before, with that connection, you have influence. Without that connection, you don't have anything. Mm -hmm. And so we can't move people in any sort of direction um, without that connection and that influence. And I just, mm -hmm. when somebody shows up supported, it's much different than showing up scared. Mm -hmm. And I wonder too, just having that experience in Prescott, Arizona, you know, we've both kind of been through the rigmarole of treatment out there, mm -hmm. um, the environment, the culture, and we saw a lot of things being done a certain way. And at times, I know we've spoke about it, I've just kind of sat back and be like, is this the right way? Right. And in fact, I think we've learned that it's not. And, and now we're here. And that was one of the conversations I remember having with you on the front end is like, the opportunity we have to engage in a really kind of authentic clinical and medical process for the clients that we serve is really cool. And mm -hmm. being able to promise, not kind of throw lobs a Hail Mary out, but be able to promise clients that when you come into care, this is exactly what you'll get met with and be treated like every single day throughout care. Mm -hmm. It's just, it feels so good. Yes. You know? Yes. And I think that for us on the admission side, that authenticity and that we truly believe what we're talking about because it's real, mm -hmm. like the quality of care that you will receive, we're, we believe that yeah. fullheartedly. We see it every day. Mm -hmm. um, so that authenticity, I think, comes through really clearly as well, mm -hmm. which, I mean, I think about some admissions, people where they kind of have to yeah. bring that up. And I'm so thankful that we don't have to do that. Yeah. And it's, it's real. Yeah. So. How, do you, how do you think your own personal journey of recovery informs how you operate your team? I mean, we have a lot of conversations about emotion and um, we're very open about talking about self-boundaries. I think that's huge for longevity in any role in working in the treatment field, particularly, again, biased um, in the admissions role because we're dealing with things that are often highly fast-moving, highly emotional, so it's really important for us to kind of have internal boundaries a lot of times so that um, we can continue to help the next person that calls. So just conversations like that, I don't think would be entirely possible unless I was pulling from my experience. Of course, you know, the, the compassion and the patience, I mean, a lot of that comes from, um, you know, my own experience as well. So yeah, I think that feeds a lot. Hmm. Yeah. And what kind of hope because like, I, I get on the phone in 2021 and I have the opportunity to pick up the admissions ball. I'm usually the first person to grab it after yes. all that great energy has touched that family. But what are some of the things before my brain just went completely dead um, on that front end um, that you're relaying to families as a part of your recovery to like really instill hope? Mm. Because one of the things that I get on and say to them every time is I, I said, I am the most hopeful person you're going to ever talk to. Because I believe today that we have an authentic opportunity to walk this path together mm -hmm. and to create hope in our lives and to create a quality of life improvement unlike we've ever seen. Um, right. And I only know that through my personal walk mm -hmm. and really my personal walk in the last couple of years with all these fancy modalities we have now and opportunities we have to engage in diffusing some intensity. And so how do you relay that hope? And, and, and maybe it's tied to your story and your own recovery story. Mm -hmm. but. Um, what emphasis do you put on that in the admissions process? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of situations where families and you know clients themselves feel like they've been through this process, and so yeah. it feels like a hopeless place, especially mm -hmm. if you've tried and it hasn't been successful. Mm -hmm. um, that's really disheartening. That's really hard. And so I think, too, 
share experiences of, you know, a lot of people have multiple situations where they're trying and they're trying. So trying something different, a longer type of care, such as 45 days, really stabilizing first. Like we identify kind of where within the last processes, what was missing or what did that look like um, that something new might be beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, just, just kind of sharing that like there is still hope and mm -hmm. it can still happen um, if we maybe try something a little bit different, yeah. you know? Yeah, I love that. And it peaks to me in a lot of ways, most certainly our curriculum is just different. Right. And not just the curriculum, but the connective tissue, yeah. the under the tree, the opportunities we have to care. And it is just, I was sitting with yesterday, I was, I was, al I was almost moved to tears by my second coffee date yesterday because I sat with a, a 40-year-old mature adult um, earlier yesterday morning. And he said, I have been to Southern California treatment. I'm hypervigilant in these places. I've worked in treatment. Yes. And this place is different. These group sessions are intentional. Do you pay everybody to care? Do they just show up like that? <laughs> it's like really phenomenal. And then I have an opportunity to go to the women's house in the afternoon at 3.30. And I just wish more people had the opportunity to do this. Because I sit down with this young woman who's been to multiple treatments, mm -hmm. who has been considered and called a chronic relapser. She's in our care and she's like, I have more hope than ever. Yes. I've only been here yes. 10 days. This is different, yes. and it is different because of those connective features um, and a lot of the things that you bring on the front end, which creates a tremendous amount of momentum into company culture and throughout the curriculum in our process. So mm -hmm. again, just thank you. I can't rave enough about this admissions team thank and you. the first step cultural component to everything we do. Yes. Um, really well, cool. in, interestingly, to just piggyback, the, the question I was thinking of before you even said all that is like, what is it like to actually sell the PEAKS program? Hmm. Not sell, but like, Tell families about what we do here. Honestly, there's situations where sometimes we're like, we have to calm down a little bit because <laughs> we're too excited. Yeah. And it kind of doesn't match the tone all the time, right? So yeah. we have to think, OK, well, this person is not in a place where yeah. if we're excitedly shouting about what we offer, although we're so excited about it, of course. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's not difficult, um, again, because we, we see it, we know. We, trust every single staff, every processes, every group. Like we know that it's, it's gonna help and it's gonna be beneficial. And a lot of times it's the right situation for a lot of people that call. Um, so it almost feels, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting, definitely. Um, but it's not terribly difficult. Like we don't feel like we have to overemphasize anything mm -hmm. or blur any lines or be dishonest in any way because again, it's, it's what we really offer and that feels good mm -hmm. and that's easy, so. I'm going to ask you a hard question now. Okay. You ready? Yeah, of course. What, what's been your best day at Peaks? My best day at Peaks? Ooh. Oh, um, that's a great question. I, I, for me, the things that stick out in my mind are hearing someone that I worked with, someone that I helped come into the program and was in a, a dark place and things were hard and you know they weren't doing well, to hear that they have gone on to be successful. They graduated. We hear feedback, you know, from the team about how much they improved and, um, you know, how their quality of life has increased and they've just gone on. There's nothing like that in the world for me, having seen the place they're in in the beginning. Um, I mean, that's just powerful and incredible and inspiring in all of the positive words. So um, I can think of a couple, obviously I'm not going to name names, but I can think of a couple pe people that I've worked with on the front end and to hear kind of their positive story is amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. How about you, Chris? What's been your best yes, day at Chris, Peaks? Yes, Chris, what's yours? Best day at Peaks? There's a lot. I mean, I really, and I don't 
say this just for the shit, but I, I, I genuinely am in a place because of the team and because of what we do and how we do it and the people we're walking with and the clients. You know, I was just in Circle this morning in CrossFit where you know a handful of the guys, we were, I've said it before, we're literally bathing them in detox and now they're in there doing rowing and jumping pull-ups and so like every Thursday and Friday quite frankly are my best days at Peaks mm. because I have an opportunity to engage, engage with what I'm passionate about which is client facing everything. Um, activities, physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional, and just watching people overcome what they thought was possible. And every time we leave that CrossFit gym, I tell all of the guys or all of the women, I say, hey, you didn't know you were going to come to Peaks and be a better athlete, but you're going home a better athlete. And every one of them is like, yeah, this is cool. And so every Thursday and Friday, really, especially in the last couple of years, because I get to go down and I get to see firsthand yeah. what the team's doing, how they're respected, how they're digesting the information. Um, and every Thursday, Friday, I find myself texting someone on our team just being like, man, I don't know what you're looking at, but from what I see, our clients are satiated. They're feeling fed. They're feeling heard. They're feeling acknowledged. They're feeling valued. They're feeling worth it. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is a perfect day at Peaks Recovery. So, love that. Yeah. Today. Today. Jason, <laughs> what about you? What, about what you, was yeah. your best day? Oh, we know this. Turning it back. It's every Wednesday. Yeah, I, it, it is every Wednesday. It is. Uh, it is. Um, uh, when I get a chance to meet with my clinical team, and um, and even if it's a hard meeting, and even if we're wrestling with difficult issues, or um, you know maybe a staff shortage, or you know whatever might be happening at the time, um, I just have a team that I, I just love mm -hmm. uh, to be in front of and and um, walking through this process because we we do uh, get a chance to be passionate, and mm -hmm. and it is easy. Um, just access that passion in the right. heart and um, and provide additionally just really good care for people as well. Because um, we do important work, it turns out. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and that is the thing I, I do, I, I kind of wanted to end on this is that, um, Aaron, you, you have provided that integrity that I think our team needed. And because I do think each department, when you, when you look at medical and clinical and, and admissions and and our residential team and all of our other teams, like there is this piece where I think we all are striving to be the best we can and to provide mm -hmm. the care and kind of that connective tissue that Chris talks about, the, the things that we aren't paid to do or the things that aren't in our job description necessarily, but mm -hmm. it's just a privilege to sit uh, with our clients at times and, and be humans yeah. with them and be people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm grateful for that. So uh, I, I feel like what has to go on the top of like every job description is like you have to be able to show you care. Yeah. You're just not gonna. You won't last very long. Yeah. No, like you can't maintain. Up. Yeah, you, you can't have to show it, it, right? You can't act because everybody will know. Yes. Right. <laughs> top of job description, you got to show you have a heart and that you care. And if you can't do that, you got 90 days. Yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah. love it, man. That's a great requirement. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So it is. Um, Aaron, thanks for joining us Thank today. you I'm so much so, for having me. I'm so glad you came down here and Thank you. got Cheers. the mug. I'm so excited about um, this mug. I just want to stay super quick. I know, I know we're over, but um, my team, the admissions team, is absolutely incredible, and I'm very grateful for them. And I have two best days because working with my team. Okay. Two. All right. So two best days because yeah. they're amazing. So they're amazing. shout out, admissions now, team. I will never forget when I'm in the IOP office and I walk in and, like, you – Three of you are like laying on the floor, working in admission, talking, 
I'm like, you guys, it's dark in here. They're like, is it? I'm like, oh, okay, you must have been working for Focus. a while. Yeah. And they were down. all working on one thing that had to do with the same admission, but they, one was like sending out the email, one was doing oh, the assessment. Yes. It was like, I was the just like, this work. is beautiful. And I'm just it's sitting unreal. there eating my TTLA, like, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and everyone will like do it without asking too. That's They'll so be like, cool. "Oh, I'll do this. I'll do this." And I'm like, "Yes, yeah, that's cool. Teamwork, that dream team. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. is." All right, well, that we are out of time now, as Aaron just alluded to. But I, I'm really grateful for this conversation. Um, as always, uh, please follow us on Facebook, Spotify, probably yes, Spotify. Uh, Apple yeah. Podcasts, yeah. Um, Instagram. TikTok. TikTok. I'm new to TikTok. What? Got a new account this week. Nice, I'm man. Oh, my gosh. I've got three followers, so I don't mean to brag. <laughs> Say um, that. What's the handle? What's the uh, 14er Jason. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. Is it your personal TikTok? Yeah, but it's... Oh, I thought we were I mean, saying I'd, Peaks. Yeah, we have a Peaks TikTok. This is a Peaks TikTok. I'm okay, saying you can follow that? us, but I, I'm i a pretty big deal, too, on there. I've yeah, got three followers. followers. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Have a good one. Thank you.